please pray for a miracle now that I'm going to keep to time. <laughs> you see, worship is an eternal experience. It's not a moment of time, so get ready for some eternity. Here we go. Worship must be more than music. Strange thing for me to say, but it's important for me to say it. Worship is more than singing. It involves giving, serving, hearing and reading God's word, communion, the Lord's table, prayer and living in obedience. That's worship. It's called a lifestyle of worship. It impacts my work, my family, my decisions, my choices, my priorities, my relationships and gathered church life. Worship together. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all, say all. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I do know that in the original Greek, all means all. Okay, that's about as deep as he gets. <laughs> but love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. It's not the first and greatest opinion. It's not the first and greatest suggestion. It's a command, and a commandment is a command that is meant. God has not changed his mind. In the passing of, change, of, of time, in the passing of trends in, in, in church life, the message is still, we are to love the Lord our God with all. And church, I want to suggest that today, in the broken society that we live in, in the broken world that we live in, in the sense of hopelessness that is out there in today's culture, the only answer is a church, God's people, who are totally and committed to loving God with everything. Not just on a part-time basis, not just on a Sunday basis, but on an all-life commitment. It's a command that is meant... God has not revoked this in the passage of time. With all that has changed culturally, economically, socially and spiritually, this remains the benchmark for a lifestyle of worship. I want to call the church back to loving God. Because we've fallen in love with all kinds of things. We've fallen in love with systems. We've fallen in love with trends. We've fallen in love... We even worship worship. Not you, of course. I'm talking about other churches. But we are to love God for who he is as well as for what he has done. It's a personal and it's a corporate choice. It impacts my attitudes my actions, my words, my ways. And I gathered manifestation of this is so crucial. It's significant. It's important. Through recent times, the capacity to gather has been challenged. Probably in some of our lifetimes for the very first time. I have visited countries where gathering actually is challenged on a regular basis. I've been to countries where the church cannot meet like this. And yet, brothers and sisters, the church is growing in those cultures. 
The church is increasing, it's multiplying under the pressure of persecution. But they cannot gather openly, but they still gather. They find ways of still coming together. But in recent times, because of COVID, our gathering has been challenged. And I guess most of us, many of us, have, have like some of us today, are still watching online. I spent a lot of COVID ministering in different nations on the same day. I tell you what, I got no jet lag. It was an amazing way to minister. I didn't get the air miles either, but it was a great thing <laughs> to be able to be in different continents on the same day, ministering and preaching and worshipping. Some of us have come back together, and I'm so glad you have. It's, it's strange, isn't it, the first time you start coming back. We're still a little nervous of the whole COVID thing, and, and quite rightly so. But some people are missing being at home. And I'd like to say to my friend Billy Ritchie, who's watching from home, and sitting in his Clapton blue dressing gown, that's an Aston Villa reference, by the way. We, we share the same football team, but don't hold that against us. Um, but Billy's sitting at home in his dressing gown with a cup of coffee still in his hand. And, um, and, and some of us have come back and do you know what? We miss things from being at home. We miss coming to church and not having a remote control in our hand. I'm sorry you can't fast forward me. <laughs> And we do miss the, the kind of gatherings that we've had in our homes. But I want to say thank you to the army of technicians that made it possible. <laughs> Having been involved with online church, I know it's not easy to bring a different presentation every week to bring different thoughts and different people and different contexts and to be so creative. Thank you so much for those of you that put time and effort and, and money many times into this whole process. We also learned in that time, didn't we, acts of kindness. The most amazing acts of kindness, random acts of kindness that were happening throughout the body of Christ. But now the window of opportunity is open again to be together. And as they say on the very famous Birmingham advert, I'm from Birmingham originally. It's a nice place to come from. It's not much fun going there, but it's a nice place to come from. <laughs> no, I love Birmingham. Bless them. But that famous advert, we want to be together. <laughs> I hope in your heart of hearts you have this, we, we want to be together. Because we need each other. We need to build each other upon our most holy faith, the Bible says. I recall the scripture in Isaiah 8. Do you remember Isaiah? He was the one who said, here I am, send me. He, Isaiah chapter 6 was my sending message when I first started responding to mission around the world. I said, God, if you can do anything with this guy, here I am. But Isaiah in Isaiah 8 used the same words in a different order. He didn't say, here I am. He says, I am here. 
I want to say over the church, it's important that you're here. It's important also that there is a spirit to saying, I am here. To be fully present, present. Fully connected, connected. I am here. The French say, je suis là. I have put a rod down in the ground. I put a stake here. I am here. And he said, I am here with those who God has joined me to. Brothers and sisters, this isn't a club. This is the joinings of heaven. And we are part of a God idea, not just a good idea. It's God's idea that we should have each other in our lives. I know, listen, as I said, I'm 75. I've been around the church a while. And I've seen, I've seen, I've seen how people have begun to say, do you know what, I'm still in love with Jesus, but the church I'm not sure about. Do you know what, that actually is a theological impossibility. You cannot not love the head of the one that you say you, you belong to. You can't not love his body if you love the head. Now, I do understand the challenges that people sometimes have with the institution of the church. I get that. But brothers and sisters, we want to be together. Because together we can make a difference. And together we are different. And together we are being built Now, hear me, I'm not a builder. I'm not a practical man at all. I can lift the bonnet of a car and they can say, where's the dipstick? And I say, I'm standing here. (laughs) I I really, I'm clueless when it comes to practical things. So I'm not a builder. And, and, And today, of course, we think of oblong bricks all nicely. And I tell you what, Milton Keynes is a really nice place. I haven't been to Milton Keynes for a very long time. But he's very nice. But in the Bible, they weren't nice little oblong stones that were being built together. They were rough-edged, all kinds of shapes and sizes. (laughs) Look around for a minute. (laughs) And you know, the master builder said, I need something to fit here. Oh, this will do. It's not quite ready yet. But he gets hold of his mallet, he's axe and chop. And he fashions that brick to fit the place that the builder wants it to fit. Brothers and sisters, there's a picture of the church. That's why we need each other. To be able to be fashioned together, built together in our most holy faith. And we are here, Isaiah said, to be a sign and to be a wonder. We hear a lot about signs and wonders, of course, in in charismatic world, but to be a sign says, this is the way. Go there. Don't go there. And church, we need people who are pointing the way. And a wonder is something that causes people to ask the question, how do you do that? How do you keep your life clean and clear in a corrupt society? How do you keep your marriages together? How do you keep your relationships on target? How do you do it? And brothers and sisters, in this broken society, you and I are called to be a sign. 
and the wonder. Amen. So Psalm 95 says, come. <laughs> and, and the word come means you've got to move. It involves change from here to there. Come. Don't stand in isolation, but come. Don't be separate, but come. It says, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. I'll read the whole psalm. Come, let us come before him with thanksgiving. Extol him with music and song, for the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands framed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me and they tried me, though they had seen what I did. So in the time I have allowed, come. We need to come as the Billy Graham hymn goes, just as I am, without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. O Lamb of God, I come. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come aside, he invites you to come. And he invites you to come to who? To himself. Friends, I want to impart to you a desire that when we are coming together, yes, we're coming for fellowship. Yes, we're coming for friendship. Yes, we're coming uh, for a change in the week, some of us, from getting out somewhere. But brothers and sisters, the Lord invites us to come to him. We used to sing back in the day. We are gathering together unto him unto him shall the gathering of the people be we're gathering together unto him but don't you know it's so easy to gather for all kinds of other reasons for other motivations but father in heaven will you so captivate our hearts again that you become the desire of our vision Invites you in James 4 8 to draw near, to come near to God. And He says, I'll come near to you. Again, it requires a movement, it requires a decision, it requires an action to come, to draw near. I think sometimes we can do church well, but not actually come near to Jesus. 
That isn't a criticism, it's an observation. We can do church well, but Jesus invites us to come near to him. He wants us to have a meeting, but with him. How many of you remember singing again back in the day? All my songs are back in the day. But turn your eyes. Look full in his wonderful face. There's something about that which is so, so beautiful. It means when you come and when you look, you focus. He said in the New Testament, we would see no one save Jesus only. I wonder who here this morning needs to see Jesus afresh. That's a very, very important question. Many things have filled your life and filled your heart and, and you've held on to so many good things. But this morning you're saying, Chris, I really need to see Jesus again. I need to be restored in that first love with Jesus. I love the gathering and I love the coming together and I love the songs and I love... I... But Jesus says, turn your eyes upon me. See me again. See me afresh. He invites us to come together as families, as friends, as lovers. As lovers. I remember when I'd been out one night and I came back to my house and I drove into my drive and my headlights caught my son saying good night to a girlfriend on the doorstep in the porch. I say he was saying good night, I'm not sure he was talking, but uh, <laughs> and, and so I, I, I drive in and I want him to know that I was there because I didn't want to embarrass him much and um, I, I flashed my headlights. <laughs> D did he notice? Not a chance. So I closed my car door much, much, much louder than you should close an Audi door. Anyway, <laughs> I closed the door and um, I thought he'll hear that. Not a chance. <laughs> so I, I go round whistling a song of some sort. I thought he's bound, of course, he's quite musical. And he'll think, oh, I wonder what that tune is. Not a chance. And in the end, he was saying good night <laughs> and I go right up to him and his girlfriend <laughs> and he didn't know I was there <laughs> he was lost in wonder love <laughs> and oblivion <laughs> he, you see he only had eyes and other things for the girl that he was <laughs> I mean lips. He has eyes and, <laughs> for the girl that he was with. And 
he wasn't aware of anything else. And the things of the earth grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Can I ask you a question? When was the last time you got so lost in his presence that you only had eyes for him? Is that, is that a valid question to ask? When was the last time you weren't distracted by all the other things that seemingly surround us that are distractions? You only had eyes for him. And you can remember, can't you, when you did? You remember that time. You remember that moment when he filled your gaze. Come, let us. This is a corporate invitation. In this world of individualism and independence, where it's all about me, saying here, come, let us. It's a corporate choice to come together. Church, we need each other. We really do. We need each other to challenge each other and to help focus each other on Jesus. Come, let us sing for joy. My time has gone, gosh. No, it's nearly gone. If you want to hear the rest of it, come to the second meeting. Um, after you've taken one of your CDs, but seriously, today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart. And you know what the psalmist was referring to? He was referring to a people who, even though God had done amazing things, I mean, once they've seen him part the waters, for goodness sake, you'd never forget that, would you? And once you've seen the, um, the, ama the amazing provision of food, you'd never forget that, would you? And God did so many things for them, but they hardened their hearts and they started moaning against God. Now, I'm not saying that you would ever moan, guys, but what I am saying is that we become complacent in the place of blessing. We take it for granted. It's not for me to say what the future of the church is in this country. It's not for me to say what the outcome of all the pressures that are building up will be for the church. All I know is I have been to countries where there's an unbelievable pressure upon the local church. And please, God, we are able to stand. And we'll only stand when we've seen Jesus. We will only be able to continue where he is our focus and he is our gaze and he is our reason and he is our hope and he is our joy and he is our everything. We'll only be able to stand when it's all about Jesus. 
All these other things are wonderful, and I love what God is doing, but I also don't want to be distracted and ending up taking for granted the goodness of God. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So will you stand with me? And would you, if you're able, and your heart is saying this, because this is where integrity of heart and life come in, just lift your hands out before you and say, Lord, I want to receive all that you are for me today. I want my life to be wholly devoted you and so I'm calling the church back to first love I'm calling the church back to loving the Lord God with all with all and today father you see us standing and we say Lord we've heard your voice Now lead us on. Lead us forward into a deeper walk with you. We want to know you more. And we want to love you more. And all God's people said, Church bless you.